Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Broncos Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoy of the Denver Gazette, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. And Nick, boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about. The Broncos won. How about that? Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about it, but I don't know about you, George. I don't know if you are really taking this in, especially uh, after last week game when the Broncos were able to mount a comeback, but they didn't win. But I, I'm just not sensing... Uh, uh, this whole idea that that you are really happy about this situation. So please, George, enlighten me and the listeners. What's going on well, in your head? Well, Nick, as a as a respected journalist, uh, I'm supposed to be unbiased, and I am. I'm unbiased. I honestly uh, don't care if they win or lose, but I am happy for individuals because I think there are several. And I wanted to talk about this because I think there are several several individuals that deserve some credit today. Uh, one, I think the team does because uh, Nick, you and I have talked about it. They could have given up a long time ago, right? Things have not gone their way this season. I think it's something crazy. Like 25 different guys have been on the injured reserve this year. Obviously Nathaniel Hackett has struggled as a first year head coach. Russell Wilson hasn't played up to expectations. The list goes on and on. Right. And these guys have fought in every single game. Uh, you look back at last week, obviously we talked a lot about that. And then to coming in today and I look, I get it. They played. Uh, a Cardinals team that is not very good. But I saw two different types of football teams in that second half, Nick. I saw one football team that has given up on their season, and I've seen another football team that really wanted to win one. And, they, I, you know, who knows if they win the last three, but I thought the guys played hard, especially their veteran guys. I think it stands out that guys like Justin Simmons, right, who's been here a long time, comes up with two big plays in the game. A guy like Latavius Murray, Nick, who wasn't even on this team to start the year, right? Uh, but he's a veteran guy. He's been in this league. He talked about after the game, you've always got a lot to play for, right? And that he didn't even know if he was going to get to play this year back in September. So hat off to him. And then I think Nathaniel Hackett deserves some credit because a lot of people wanted him fired weeks ago, Nick. Uh, and he has kept this group together. And look, I don't want to be all sunshine and flowers and like, yay, they won a game because again, they played a bad team. You know, they should have won, especially when Colt McCoy went out of the game. But uh, I think it's a credit to this coaching staff to keep, that they got to, you know, that they kept this locker room together and they were able to win today. Well, I'm getting a little sweet and sour from you, George, and you, you, you don't want to be too sunshine and rainbows. But at the same time, you, you talked about, you know, one of the teams wanted it a lot more. And you could tell in the second half. And you were talking about the Denver Broncos. So 
Are you telling me now, because there was a lot of talk about Coach Hackett, and you mentioned it, about him being fired, the leadership, what was going on with Russ. But it, it seems as though maybe there's a little something to his leadership because, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, he's been coaching as a head coach longer than they think you hack it. And did his team just kind of turn it down and allow the Broncos to come back on both offense and defensive side of the ball and steal his game? Is, is that what you're telling me? Am I getting that vibe from you right now, George? Yeah. You are. Um, and I, I think Hackett, look, we've said it, Nick. Like we the players like Nathaniel Hackett. Uh they they I mean, they they talk about how he, you know, communicates with the team, how he's taken a lot of guys under his wing. He's built relationships with these guys. The team meetings are are really energetic, even though they're not playing well, right? He's kept it upbeat, he's kept the attitude high. Uh, and I think that guys want to play for that, play for him. Like, I don't know if he's going to be back next season. And part of me, Nick, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm, you know, riding the high of them finally winning the game. But part of me starts thinking, maybe they do bring Nathaniel Hackett back next year because there's been a lot going on with this team this year. And somehow they've stayed together mentally, at least it seems like. Like, people aren't, they're not really turning on each other. I know that there's been that, uh, you know, that talk outside of this market and somewhat inside this market about, losing the locker room and all that stuff. But for the most part, I think these guys like the coaching staff. They're playing, you know, look, they're, they're in a lot, all these games. And I know that means nothing, right? You, you got to win to be successful, but I don't know, Nick, maybe I'm coming around to the idea that Nathaniel Hackett could be back next season. Again, I don't know. They probably need to win like two of these last three games to even make that a possibility. Uh, But I don't know, man. I think it showed something today that, that they were able to, you know, come back down 9-3. They were playing, honestly, not good football in the first half offensively, and they come out, they play great in the second half. They score 21 unanswered. Uh, and, again, the last couple weeks now, Nick, the offense actually looks not bad. Like, they're they're moving the football, and they're doing it with guys. Like, I mean, what they're doing on the offensive line is just ridiculous at this point. I mean, they were, I mean, they were a couple guys going down today from me getting in the game. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like I just, it's, it's, a, it's astonishing what they're doing. They're throwing the ball to guys like Brandon Johnson and Jalen Virgil. And like, again, that's no, you know, slight to them, but like, it's supposed to be Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler and, and some other, you know, like it's not, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Brett Rippon actually looked really good today. 32 year old running back Latavius Murray has all of a sudden become, you know, uh, Derek Henry out there in the second half. Like it's just, it's. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe next week they'll put together a, a stinker or something. But uh, I, I thought it, I was impressed today. I was impressed. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I like the second half Broncos. I wish they could do it at the beginning of the game and do it for 60 minutes. But uh, I like the second half George Story because that first half George Story was stinking up the joint just like the Broncos were. But it just seems as though you are now coming around. You're starting to embrace the idea of, hey, the Broncos actually looked good when the odds were stacked against them. I mean, you look at the offensive line in that first half, it was not great for Brett Ripon. He could not find a moment to throw the ball down the field, and then we had Dalton Reisner go out. Then Quinn Miners, he got poked in the eye and had to go uh, see some outside doctors. I hope that uh, he would be well. But then we were stuck with Tom Compton and Luke Wadenberg. And I don't know about you, and – I don't know if you want to play behind that offensive line because I know I definitely don't because those guys struggle. J.J. Watt, 
I mean, you, you talk about Latavius Murray looking like uh, he was Latavius Murray of old, but what about J.J. Watt? That offensive line made J.J. Watt look like, once again, he was an all-pro, not to take anything away from him, but I know how this game goes, but that tells you and goes to show that this offensive line is problematic, but I don't want to dwell on that too much because the Broncos are celebrating a victory. Yeah, and and you know Hackett talked about it post game uh, that the halftime adjustments were key. I mean, obviously they were down nine to three; they weren't really moving the ball. Nick, I even tweeted it out. It looked like we were about to have the same like Broncos Colts type of game, right? Where it's just field goals and then it goes to overtime. Uh, but they came out and they they played great in the second half. Obviously, Colt McCoy left there. I think it was early in the third quarter that kind of changed momentum a little bit in the sense that the Cardinals couldn't move the ball, but they weren't moving the ball with Colt in there either. But Here's Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, we have the audio of him talking about those halftime adjustments and really kind of what changed the momentum there. Uh, and so here's the audio from Broncos.com. We're down nine to three. Great job sticking together again, guys. That's what it's all about. It was a team win. That was our AF offense. We challenged you at half. Totally different team going out there in the second half. No, the key is we got to do that right out the gate. Let's string that thing together. Let's not wait for a second half. Defense, great group effort, man. That was a team win. Broncos on three. One, two, three. I'd play for that guy, Nick. I'd play oh, for that oh, guy. Oh, now, now you'll play for that guy. Look, look, look here, here's the thing with, with, with Hackett, and we can get into it in a, in a different episode because I, I do want to break down some of this game. But, you know, there's still game management issues there, right? Yeah, uh, there's still a lot of growing to be had. I think the play calling can be better at times. I think it's I start. I think Click Kubiak is is part of the reason why this is starting to maybe work. But one thing I really like about Hackett, and again, I'm not in the team meetings. Obviously, I'm not in the locker room. It was great to see that clip, but you can tell guys feed off his energy, and that's something that I'm not so sure we can say about previous coaching uh, staffs, right? Like they're like I think Vic Fangio is obviously a, a great football mind, but there wasn't like players like, uh, you know, loving to play for this guy. I, you, you watch that video, Nick, and the listener for the listeners at home, go watch the video from, from the Broncos Twitter account or Instagram, whatever. You can see Draymond Jones. You can see other guys in the background nodding their head like, yes, you know, you can feel them kind of feeding off of Hackett's energy. And that's why, like, I wish you could like maybe mix Nathaniel Hackett's, um, I guess, energy, charisma, whatever it is with maybe, um, you know, I don't even know who, who the other one would, would be, but a really experienced head coach, right? That's all about the X's and O's. And that's not to take away from Nathaniel Hackett's X, X's and O's, but I think that that's what you like about Hackett, right? That's why he was hired, his charisma, his energy, those sorts of things. And I think guys like playing for that. Like I, I think every guy in that locker room would tell you that they, 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 they enjoy playing for a guy like Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, I, I don't know, man, like, I, I again, I think that second half speaks to it. And I think really, Nick, not only the second half of that game, but the last few games, I think, speak to that because they've been in these games. They haven't given up. Uh, and a team that didn't believe in their head coach might have given up a while ago. At least that's maybe my opinion. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Once again, despite everything that we've seen thus far from this team, they found a way to stay together. And and. For me, you you know, you and I know that there have been several people here in the local media that have floated out narratives and find and trying to find ways to divide that team, but they do a great job of blocking out the noise. I mean, when you go in that locker room and you talk to each guy, no one's kind of saying anything behind someone's back, or let me pull you over in the corner and, and whisper 
you know, this, these types of negative things about the coaching staff or other players, they're sticking together. Now, someone could say, well, maybe that's a united front, all right? And that will be left to be determined. But I'll say this, George, I don't think it's a united front. I think these guys truly believe in one another, despite what the season has been like. They truly believe in Russell. We heard it last week, Brett Rippon talking about Russell when he got knocked out of the Chiefs game. And then once again, I mean, Brett was talking about, hey, uh, uh, about Coach Hackett and going through the fake play and Hackett telling him, hey, you got to carry that fake out. You have to turn your back. And Brett talking about how he practiced that. All of those things are embodiment of great leadership. And, and the thing for us being part of the media and for the fans, they're just not seeing the production on, on the field. So maybe you're right. And we've talked about this before. The whole idea of Hackett being fired uh, after the season, that may be an afterthought. That may be something that may not happen. They may run it back with Hackett, just trying to revamp the offensive line, but more importantly, allowing Clint Kubiak to finally run the season from run, run things, better yet said, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season as offensive coordinator. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, Nick. I mean, again, it's a conversation we're probably going to have the next three weeks, right? Um, it, it, as we get closer to the end of the season here, like what what are what are the moves they're going to make? Uh, and, and again, I think Hackett has, you know, a case. Like if he if they sit him down and say, make your case for having another year, obviously the injuries and all that that's gone into it, all the outside noise that that's been going on this season all the close games right a couple plays here a couple plays there and they have more wins I I just don't know if he can overcome um, you know some of the other mistakes that have just happened this season from a game management issue him having to give up play calling is obviously not great Uh, things like that that you know I I think will determine it in the end but Nick I wanted to ask you before we 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 get out of here for a quick break uh, what what halftime adjustments did you see it seemed like an emphasis on running the ball uh, you know, b- became a thing in the second half. And obviously T- Latavius Murray had a big game, Marlon Mack. Uh, and it s- felt like they also were starting to give Brett maybe some easier throws, some things that easy completions uh, and, and some some really honestly good play designs that, that set up the offense in the second half. Yeah, you know, I took the pleasure of writing a couple of things down. Uh, one, the role of the tight end. I mean, in this offense, you know, they've had, you know, three tight ends and only Salbert. And, and uh, Eric Thomason have been healthy the entire season, but due to the lack of wide receivers, they started to you know rely on their tight ends more. Uh, Eric Thomason scored his first touchdown, which could be his first NFL touchdown. I definitely have to go back and, and That's check. Correct. Okay, so he scores his first NFL touchdown. Congratulations to him. But we're seeing the tight ends used in a variety of different ways: pass game, run game being off the ball, inserting in the line, being an extra blocker uh, for the running backs, getting out on the edge and, and blocking more. Also, you know, the quick throws. You mentioned the quick throws with uh, Brett Rippon. They understood that, hey, our offensive line can't really hold up. We have issues with Quinn Miners. Dalton Reisner was in and, in and out of the lineup. So those quick throws took the pressure off of the, the offensive line. And more importantly, and I think Coach Hackett talked about this, Right, and, and, I, and I wrote this down. Wide receivers are blocking. Wide receivers are an intricate part to the run game. And this is something that we really haven't seen this this season. I don't know why it hasn't been an emphasis on it, because in the world of coaching and playing, either you are coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. But today we saw the wide receivers trying to get in, dig out. And maybe it's because some of these young, inexperienced wide receivers 
are just trying to make a name for themselves and really show, hey, they're willing to be uh, blockers in hopes of being retained for next season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I thought, you know, again, they made some really nice second half adjustments. Uh, we're going to dive into more of that, Nick. I, I thought it was actually their best second half or not second half entire half of football they've played all season maybe uh but i want to get into that and why that is nick uh after we take a quick break before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. And, Nick, we were just talking about some of the second-half uh, adjustments. And, and, again, I, I wanted to bring up, Nick, that I, I think the, the second-half adjustments, when you look at them going to the run game, like you said, getting the tight ends involved, uh, I thought some of the throws were easier throws, that they made the decisions easier for Brett, uh, and he kind of found a groove. I think it, again, speaks to this coaching staff, Nick, uh, and I think it sp- speaks to Clint Kubiak who seems to finally be getting kind of in a rhythm of playing calls for or, or calling plays for this team. Right. Um, and, and I think it's again, a credit to those guys to go in and say, Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this, uh, and it's going to get us going. Now I think that Colt McCoy going out of the game, obviously sparked the defense. I'm not sure how many first downs the Cardinals got after Colt McCoy went out of the game. Uh, they obviously had the one touchdown drive uh, and obviously Justin and Pat had had the two interceptions that helped them out. But um, you know, I, I think the offense really found a groove in the run game, and, and that was kind of the difference. And they, you know, they did some different things with the offensive line. Again, the makeshift that they've had to do on the offensive line this year has been uh, incredible. But I, again, I, I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff for making those adjustments at halftime. Yeah, they made those adjustments, and it just seemed as though I love it when you want to step. Everybody wants to step. That's exactly what I saw with the play calling and, and things that took place from a running back standpoint and watching the offensive line be able to assert themselves uh, in, in a more aggressive way. To me, I love that. I, I was wondering why we didn't see that all season long. You know the answer to that. Clint Kubiak is taking over, not Justin Allen, and we're starting to see uh, those things come to fruition. But seeing you know Dalton Rising to pull around inside the red zone and Marlon Mack score, seeing those other guys pull around, and Billy Turner get out there. I mean, to me, this is what I thought that this offense was going to be, but it just kind of gives you a glimpse into the world of what play calling and the design would be under Clint Kubiak. So it was an excellent way to take the pressure off of the offensive line and allow them to go out and hit someone else in the mouth instead of sitting back waiting for someone to punch them in the mouth. So I love what I saw in the second half, but, you know, we heard we played the audio earlier from Broncos.com of Nathaniel Hackett and I'm, I'm more inspired Nathaniel Hackett than I've seen before saying, Hey, listen, great second half, great second half adjustments. And they talked about how they talked about it as a team, but he emphasized it. They needed to do that for 60 minutes. And that's something that we really haven't seen from this Broncos team 
but I am really pretty much optimistic by what I saw because you're not that healthy. You're establishing something of a culture, and that's been a problem around here for a while. What has been the culture? What would be the culture of these Denver Broncos? I think we're finding out in this struggling season as they start to develop somewhat of an identity. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that these last look again, and I, I wrote this in in my game story today, Nick. That um, you know, Brett Rippin. I, I asked him a question after the game, Nick. I, I said, you know, you guys are three and ten uh, coming into this game. A lot of people outside of here said, hey, there's there's nothing to play for. It's a meaningless game. Uh, but but you know, what is it about this group and the attitude that you guys had today? And he said, you know, in the NFL, you always have something to play for. And he's right, Nick. Um, and you know, we, you and I talked about it. These guys have contracts to play for, right? Uh, they want to win too. Like these are the ultimate competitors. And, and Nick, one guy I wanted to point out because I think he's a good representation of that is Latavius Murray. And this guy, Nick was sitting on his couch in September saying, I can play. I know I can still play in this league. He'd been in the league a long time. The saints pick him up on his practice squad. They fly him to London, Nick. He scores in, in London in the game for the Saints. The next day, he's signed by the Broncos uh, after they lose Javante Williams. And he comes in, Nick, and he's just been a workhorse, man. And that's a guy that plays for the love of the game, right? Uh, you look at his career. He's never really been the guy anywhere he's gone. He's never really been the running back, right? But he's been consistent. He plays hard. He's 32 years old, Nick. He's over 6,000 career rushing yards. He's the only he's only the sixth active player in the NFL to hit that mark. He's also Nick, the only player in the NFL to reach at least 500 yards rushing in the last 8 seasons. This guy hats off to him, man. And today I thought it was it was really cool he got a game ball and he said after the game that it's the first time in his 10 years in the NFL, Nick, that he's gotten a game ball. Uh, and obviously, I, I just think it's a good story. And I think there's a lot. And I, again, I wrote this in my story, too. I think there's a lot you can learn from Latavius Murray. And I think there's a lot that the Broncos can learn from him, right? He's an experienced guy, a veteran. He's seen it all. Uh, he's played in big games. He's been a backup, right? He's been a guy that had to come in and be a starter. And I think that you can learn a lot from that. That's why I hope they bring him back, Nick. I don't know what that running back room looks like next year. But he's a guy that I would want to have in my locker room because he goes out every single week, plays his tail off, uh, and is just and just a guy that I think guys love to rally around. So I think that that's part of the culture shift, right, Nick, is getting more guys like a Latavius Murray that doesn't really care what his role looks like. He just wants to win football games. And today he won them this football game, in my opinion. I thought he was the MVP of the game. Justin Simmons was also great. But I thought Latavius Murray really put the team on his back in the second half and, and had some great runs that – uh, you know, we just, I don't know if we were expecting, but he, he was incredible today. Yeah, he was incredible. And and I don't know how true that statement was that this is the first time he received the game ball. If it is true, man, in his 10 years, he played for some real cheap franchises that they couldn't even get game balls for games that they won. So I'm glad he was given the ball. But this whole idea that, hey, he is a 10-year veteran and he's 32 years old. And trying to put the emphasis on that number, on those two numbers, to me, he showed you just today and even leading up to it that, hey, I may be a guy that's 10 years in the league, but I still can tote this rock. And I'm not saying that, you know, when the Broncos, well, I'm, I'm going to say the Broncos should bring him back, but I'm not saying that he's going to be your every down back, but he's proving 
to be a change of pace back. We know Javante Williams is going to be coming back off of rehab. Mike Boom. Uh, you also have Marlon Mack, also unrestricted free agents. I would like to see all those guys back because if you're going to run this style of offense that Nathaniel Hackett wants to employ, and I know he was in Green Bay. They only had, you know, uh, two running backs there. This is an offense that you need multiple backs because the idea is to wear down opposing defenses. We see it with uh, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers and Mike Shanahan, when I played for him, it was the same thing. You want to continue to throw back after back at your opposition. So I'm hoping the Broncos actually bring him back because bringing him in, it definitely established something of the culture. And here's what it does. When you see a guy like Latavius Murray and he's 10 years in the league, still practicing and playing this way. And then also you see Russell Wilson, who, you know, the Broncos were not really playing for anything last week. He's diving head first. That's just send a clear message to a lot of these young players. If these veterans who've been in this game a long time are willing to do that, then you need to pick up the pieces and do your part. Nick, can you speak to, I, this was one thing I wanted to ask you, because as I was watching this game, I was like, my buddy Nick Ferguson, he played a long time in the NFL. Uh, how difficult is it to do what Latavius is doing at his age, at his position too? Because look, there's guys that play in their thirties all the time, right? Like that's no, that's no big deal. Uh, but to be 32 years old at that position, and and he's also a guy, Nick, that's played a lot. Like he's not a guy that just like sat around in the league for 10 years. Like he's been a, a valuable player and contributor for a lot of different, five different teams in the NFL now. Uh, how difficult is that to do what he did today at his age? It, it is very difficult. I mean, just playing football, period. But being in a collision sport like this, and playing the game the way that he plays the game. I mean, he, he's a guy that's not going to shy away from contact. And Latavius Murray reminds me of a guy that uh, I played against, Adrian Peterson. And when I think about AP, he's like, man, did they make this dude in the factory uh, like the Terminator? Because this guy would continue to get stronger and stronger as he went on. And we're talking about a guy in AP that uh, shredded his knee, came back, rushed for 1,000 yards. And he was like, well, that's not possible. It's not supposed to be possible. The reason why it happens is, you know, those guys do a great job of taking care of their body. They know how important their bodies are. Their, their bodies are their vessels. So that, that's where it starts first and foremost. And then just having the vision when they're running the ball. Like some of those hits, you're going to look up and search up a defender. Other times you're going to run outside and you're going to try to get on the, on the ground or get out of bounds. So these are the things that have kind of kept him, you know, in, in the game. And then more importantly, the system that you're in. The system actually helps you as far as putting, believe it or not, putting years on your life as a running back because the average life for a running back is probably maybe three years or even less than that, 2.5 years. But he's showing as though, hey, listen, I'm not going anywhere. I can be a change of pace back. But if I need to in a clutch, I can be your bell cow back. And that is what he's proven. And this is the reason, George, I'm hoping that the Broncos decide to bring him back. Yeah, I need to ask him what he's eating for breakfast because I'm getting sore after one basketball game and he's out there running for 130 yards at 32 years old, Nick. You know what, he, you know what he's not doing, George? He's not <laughs> basketball. Yeah. That's what he's well, not doing. I bet I, I bet I could outshoot him from the free throw line, though. Uh, um, you're, you're in your free throws. <laughs> uh, 
but again, man, like hats off to Latavius. I, I wrote, uh, you know, my entire gamer basically focused on him just because I've been impressed by him. I think he's a he's a true pro, and he's a guy. Yeah, he he helps you in the running back room because he, uh, like you said, he's a change of pace guy. Can do a lot of other things, but I think he's just as important as a locker room guy. I think he's he's the type of type of guy that they've maybe been missing at times in that locker room. So uh, I, I hope to see him back uh, next year. But Nick, I also want to talk about some other things about this offense. What did they do on the offensive line, Nick, in that second half that kind of allowed that running game to kind of take off? Because they, they weren't running the ball super effective in the first half. They had a couple runs here and there. Uh, you know, they were maybe picking up a few yards. Was it just wearing them down? Did they do something different? I know Luke Wattenberg had to come in the game, and I, I know everybody was like, oh, no, Luke Wattenberg's in the game. All of a sudden, they're running the ball with ease when he comes into the game. I don't know if they were doing something different. Did you notice anything that they were doing up front that maybe opened up that running game? Well, yeah, I'm not going to say it was because of Luke Wattenberg himself. They just kind of looked at the guys that they had to sub in and say, okay, well, what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses? So the idea was like, let's set them up and feature uh, their strengths. And that's what you have to do as as a play caller. Sometimes it gets difficult because certain guys get injured and you didn't anticipate it, but they start running a lot of outside plays. And Early on in the game, J.J. Watts, man, he was killing me. He might have had three, four sacks. So by running outside, they put J.J. Watts in a, in a kind of run trail type of position. And by the time he got outside, the running backs were able to get to the corner and get vertical. So that that's kind of an adjustment that they made. And I'm sure those are reserve offensive linemen, man, they took a sigh of relief. They're like, thank you, thank you, Clint Kubiak, for making this adjustment. But here's what it also says. It just speaks to the versatility that these offensive linemen have, even though it's been kind of like musical chairs, that they can go in and can pick up and make those adjustments at halftime. So these are the type of guys that you want, you want to look for in the offseason, guys with versatility and guys who have high football IQs. Yeah, and Nick, they. I was just looking this up, Nick. Uh, can you tell me, the last time that they were able to run for 168 yards this season or more? Uh, I would say this was probably the, this is the first time. Yep. That they this were is the highest to... they've rushed for this season. Yes. So uh, again, an impressive performance. I think uh, last year, I want to say like the second or third to last game, Javante and Melvin had a game that I think they went over 200 yards, but uh, this is the first time this year that they've reached that mark. The previous high was, I believe 149. So uh, for them to be able to do that. And again, Nick, they're playing guys that were on practice squads to start the year, right? I mean, Marlon Mack, I thought, came in and played really well. Uh, Latavius was joking after the game that uh, they were kind of fighting over who was going to get that one touchdown there at the goal <laughs> line uh, since Latavius was the one that got him down there. And then, uh, obviously, Marlon finished off. And then I thought Latavius' touchdown run uh, was super impressive, obviously diving for the end zone. But, uh, again, hats off to them. They were able to figure it out. The offensive line uh, played much better in the second half. Nick, they, they – uh, Unfortunately, we're a part of history in the first half, tying a franchise record for six sacks allowed in the half. Um, they were on pace there to break the record, the franchise record, which was 11 sacks in a game. Uh, but they, they, I think they only gave up one in the second half. So obviously a, a much better performance there in the second half. Nick, we got to take a break. Uh, and then let's dive into kind of what, what the, the, the picture looks like, the mental makeup of this team we've kind of talked about a little bit but what does it look like these last three games also want to talk a little bit defense nick i thought they played great today uh obviously they had some help uh from a couple backup quarterbacks 
but but let's dive into kind of what the defense looked like and what the, the the future looks like for this team in these last three games. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, welcome back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, I-, I wanted to highlight the defense. We've been talking a lot of offense today, and, you know, offense gets gets some credit, right? Uh, scored 24 points. Uh, Should have been 27 if McManus didn't miss that field goal. Um, but uh, the defense was, again, great today. Uh, other than the one touchdown drive, um, did they wait, did they did they score two touchdowns? No, they kicked three field goals. That's right. Yeah. Uh, other than the one touchdown drive, they were really solid today. Um, you know, Justin Simmons, two interceptions. There's some crazy stats out there about Simmons, and uh, you know, last three seasons now he has five interceptions in each season. He has 26 since he got in the league, Nick, which is uh, the second most in the entire NFL during that span. Um, only I think. Xavier Xavier Howard uh, with the Dolphins has two more than him uh, in the league, and he has the most by any safety in the league. So, anyways, Justin Simmons was great. Pat Sertan gets his second interception of the season. Uh, what stood out out to you about uh, the defensive performance today? Well, it just came to a mass intensity of the Arizona Cardinals, and we can sit here and talk about no Kyler Murray, and then you know how Colt McCoy he went out and Trace McSorley had to come in. I mean, I don't want to spend time, you know, talking about that because to me, I feel as though it would take it away from the defense doing what we've grown accustomed to them doing, being stout against the run and making up, uh, making plays in the passing game. And when you look to the early part of the season when the Broncos were struggling, you know, creating uh, or collapsing the pocket was a, a huge part of what they were doing, creating, um, I guess, disruptions in the passing game and opening up the offense to turn over the ball and just kind of, you know, make turn those turnovers into points. So it was great to see the, the Broncos getting back to those winning ways. And I'll, and I'll get, I'll go back to the Kansas city game and say, well, that's where it all started. Right. Because when you look at certain games, you say, well, what can be learned from a loss? But you know, that gain of noise, or you can go out and you can create instant offense through your defense. Another interception by Pat Sertan in consecutive games, another interception too by you know Justin Simmons in consecutive games. So guys are finding their way to get around the ball and create those turnovers. But it just makes you think once again, if this team ever, you know, was able to put things together, and I know we can't predict, you know, which guy is going to be healthy, but I, I still feel very optimistic about what they are capable of doing, even in the season that that they're not going to the playoffs. So I was uh definitely impressed with the defense. No one gave up as though they didn't give up in that Kansas City Chiefs game. And as long as they keep that in the back of the mind, they will continue to make plays in this league. Yeah, and, and again, uh, Justin Simmons, man. I Get that man to the playoffs one of these years. That guy deserves to play in the postseason, man. He, th- This other stat too, Nick, that I'm going to throw at you is incredible. He's the first Bronco since Champ Bailey in 2006 to have two uh, or have multi-pick games, so have multiple games with multiple picks. Uh, so that's pretty good company. One guy too, Nick, I wanted to shout out today who's really had a solid season, uh, Deshaun Williams. Two and a half sacks today. Uh, I believe he now has four and a half or four this season maybe, which is a career high. He's had a really good year. Uh, another guy that kind of has just jumped around in the league. Uh, I don't believe he was drafted and, and lands with Denver these last few years and 
he's just been a solid player. So he he's had a really good year. Uh, but Nick, I want to jump into again. We talked about the defense; they were great. They're always great. Uh, not much to break down there when you have them play like, like the way that they have, you know, all season. But Nick, you look at these last three games. You got the Rams on the road on Christmas Day. You know, Santa Claus coming to town early. Maybe Broncos get a Christmas miracle, get another win. Uh, then turn around, you go to Kansas City New Year's uh, on New Year's weekend, and then you get the Chargers at home. Um, what is the outlook for these last three games, Nick? What do you want to see, and what is what is maybe the the attitude of this group? Obviously, it's positive right now, but what could maybe win in you know next week? You got a winning streak, right? You went two in a row. Go to Kansas City. Who knows what they look like at that point? Maybe they've already secured their seed or whatever in the playoffs. Then you get a Chargers team at home that I would I would bet is playing to get into the playoffs. Uh, so, what is your maybe your look at these these final three games and, and the Broncos' attitude going into them? Well, the attitude is uh, the same attitude it's been from for this entire season. Stay together. Stay the course. Go out there. Put your best foot forward. But more importantly, start early, start fast. We've seen the Broncos and maybe only a handful of games, maybe two, start fast and then fade at the end. So this team, I want to see them put a good 60 minutes worth of football uh, together. Uh, what's going to happen with the quarterback position? We will find that out, uh, but I'm sure it's going to be Russell. So just kind of go out there and continue to stack bricks and try to have progress. That's one thing that George Payton said in the dating back to um, the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars when they were in the UK. He wants to see progress. He wants to see guys taking a step forward. Th this team and this offense have taken a step forward over the past two games, and they need to continue to do that same thing. Try to maintain that stride because obviously at this stage of the game, this season is a failure. We all know it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you just drop the ball there and you don't go into the new year with a new sense of, uh, I guess, encouragement and optimism based on how you end the season. So it's, it's not what we want. It's not what the team wanted. But I want to see them continue to go out there and compete, but compete for 60 minutes. And that's, Nick, that's the, been maybe the most impressive thing that I, I've seen from this group. And we talked about earlier is, if, is they've competed in all these games. I mean, again, they could have thrown in the towel a while ago. Uh, and Latavius Murray talked about that after the game. And we have the audio here. We'll play it here in a second. But, you know, it's just I think that it's a mental thing, right? Uh, because, again, you're playing with a bunch of guys that you probably weren't supposed to play this season. You've got practice squad running backs. You've got a tight end catching a touchdown pass today that, you know, is primarily a run blocker. You've got the backup quarterback in. Like, th there's all these things, and they're still out there playing their butts off. And I think that kind of speaks to the mentality and the makeup of this group. So uh, here's Latavius Murray kind of talking about that. You know, the, the message has been to control what we can control. And uh, I think if you look at um, the games we've been in, we've been right there. And so um, we've never felt that, you know, we didn't have um, – you know, the team to do it, the team to win. And so, uh, you know, we're just going to continue to, you know, go to work every week and, uh, you know, find ways to, to be better and, uh, you know, look forward to that Sunday to, to try to put it all together. And I think we did that today. Again, bring this man back next year, George Payton. <laughs> sign, sign, sign this man back. 
to the team. But uh, Nick, isn't that the right mentality? What he's talking about, continue to go to work. There's still three games left. Don't mail it in. And again, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen this off season. Maybe they change coaching staffs or whatever it is, but you win three of your last four. Maybe you win your last four. Who knows? Maybe they, maybe they upset the chiefs in Kansas city. I doubt it, but let's say, let's say they do whatever you win some of these final few games, Nick. I know it's the end of the season. Like you said, the season's been a failure, but you can ride some of that momentum into the offseason, I think. Yeah, you can. And, and with the Kansas City game, you would like to see the Broncos show that they can win the game and win the game on a row in Kansas City and split with a division rival, a team that's going to the playoffs. But this, even if they don't, I mean, just see, having a competitive game, to, to me, that's a step in the right direction because a lot of the games haven't been as competitive. But Latavius Murray is the ideal person you want on this team. When you're searching for leadership, a guy who has humbled himself and he's been humbled by this league because the league would actually do this to you to take on somewhat of a blue collar type of mentality. Ask me to do whatever you need me to do and I'll go out there and do it to the best of my ability. And oh, by the way, I'm going to tow or pull along a couple of my teammates with me. So having a guy like Latavius Murray here on this roster, it's definitely had an impact on a very impressionable locker room filled with a lot of inexperienced guys. How, how can it not, George? But this is why he should be brought back because, once again, sometimes when teams look at players on their roster, they look at their age and say, okay, well, that player has aged out. You can't really do that in, in today's NFL because that veteran leadership is so important, especially in an environment where culture is still up in question. Sounds like we're the new presidents of the Latavius Murray fan club, Nick. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, the guy's, the guy's great. I, and I, I, again, I think he brings a lot to the team and in, 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 on and off the field. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with, do with him uh, moving forward. But uh, Nick, also you mentioned earlier uh, about what, what they'll do with quarterback. I did want to say Hackett did say after the game, Russell Wilson is going to start next week in Los Angeles against the Rams. So, Obviously, that's a boost having him back. I know you and I, Nick, kind of agreed that he shouldn't play the rest of the year. Yeah, right. uh, and I still kind of feel that way. But, you know, if he comes back and plays great, again, I think that adds to the momentum of this group, right, going into the offseason. If you can get some good games from Russell to end the year, again, it probably doesn't change the narrative on the outside, uh, right? I think people have already made up their minds how they feel about Russell Wilson. You know, You and I have talked about that. They like to pile on the guy. But if he goes out there and has some nice games to end of the year, and again, I think that Chargers game, Nick, I look at that game and I say, man, if they can win that one, if they can win the season or, or end the season on a win, which, Nick, when was the last time they ended the season on a win? Because they lost the last three years, didn't they? Uh, they yeah. So, I, you know, I can't remember the last time they – I mean, I wasn't here whenever it was. Uh, if they did in 2018, I don't know. I'd have to look, I'd have to look it up, but – that's the game that I kind of circled that like, man, if you could win that game and also somehow, you know, spoil the Chargers season, they don't get in the playoffs. That'd be a great way to end the season. Right. Um, but again, going back to the Russell Wilson thing, I, I do. Uh, you want to see him play well, right? You want to see him uh, continue to move the ball. You want to see this offense score points uh, and you kind of want to see what he did against the chiefs a, a week ago. Yeah. But, but I'll ask you this. I mean, is it necessary that we need to see Russ in the Broncos uniform for the remaining of the season? 
what will it actually prove against the Chiefs uh, and the Chargers and the Rams? And I, and I get it. He didn't play this week due to the concussion. He had a great second half against Kansas City. But once again, that is the major question. I mean, is he going to somehow do something over these last three games that's going to change the mindset of some of the negative Nancys that are out there, some of the negative fans that have been duped uh, by some of those negative individuals? Will that change how they feel about Russell thus far this season? I say no. I say no. What say you? Well, I think it depends. I mean, if he goes out there, let's say let's say he plays the next three games and they win two of the final three and they score more than 21 points in all three games. I think it does change a bit. It says, wow, Russ, in his final four games, you go back to the Chiefs game, the, the Broncos were able, were able to stay in the games. They won a couple of them and they scored points. And again, a lot of people out there, they're never going to change their mind, right, Nick? He could go out there and throw five touchdowns in all three games, and they're still going to be like, oh, this guy stinks. I hate his commercials. But if he goes out there and he plays really well these final three games, I think it gives you a little bit of hope going into next season. Again, I probably wouldn't play him personally, but you're not going to be able to keep the guy off the field. I mean, this week he even t- he talked about how frustrated he was that he wasn't going to get to play even though he passed concussion protocol. But, I, I mean, I don't think there's real value in it. But, again – Maybe you get some momentum, some hope. Uh, maybe it saves Nathaniel Hackett's job. I don't know. Uh, but I, 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 that's what you want to see, right? That's all I'm saying is if he's going to play, you want to see him play well. Well, I mean, you just brought up something that's really interesting. We'll have to get into it next time in uh, greater detail. But with Coach Hackett's job on the line, the Broncos seeming to show improvement, especially in the second half, and Russ coming off concussion. If he gives you the best opportunity to win these last three games, do you try to put him back in the lineup if you are Coach Hackett? Or you say, you know what? I don't care what's going to happen with my job. I respect Russell. I built this great relationship with him. I'm not going to put him back behind a much maligned offensive line. Do you see something like that having a possibility to take place? Maybe, but again... I don't think they're going to be able to keep Russell off the field. The way Russell talked the other day in the locker room after they said he wasn't going to get to play was that he was frustrated about it. And I think they're going to let him play. So I, I don't, I I can see where you're coming from. It'd almost be more impressive if they rolled out Brett Rippon the final three games, Nick, and they won two of the three, right. With Brett Rippon, uh, you'd almost be like, wow, that was a pretty damn good coaching job. But I just don't think they're going to be able to keep. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep Russell off the field. I, I just think that, the, and the way that they phrased it about him being upset about it, uh, and that they wanted to do what's best for the team and all that stuff or whatever. Like I just, I don't think you're able to keep the guy off the field. Yes, you can. I know. Listen, I, yeah, I don't think you can, Nick. He's well, going to play next week, and it's. Wait, wait I think minute. it's because he wants to play. Yeah, of course he wants to play. Every freaking player wants to play, but there's a way that you can do it. If you take his helmet and you don't give him a uniform, guess what? He can't play, even if he wants to play. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Well, when they did it this week, when he wanted to play, he clearly literally said after the game he's playing next week. Like it's not, they're not going to take away his helmet. They're not. It's not going to happen. They can change their mind. They can change their mind. They're not going to change their mind. You change your mind from the beginning of the podcast to now. So if you can do it, they can do it. They're not. They're not going to change it. He's gonna he's gonna play he's gonna play the final three games and 
I look, I don't agree with it, and we'll dive into it more. We have, we have two more episodes to get into it this week, but I just he's gonna play, and uh, you just hope he plays well, and you hope he doesn't get sacked six times in the first see, half. See, there you go, hoping again. See, see, hope means that that there is a, there was a lead up to a disaster, a chaos. So now you have to hope for something better to take place. See, I don't like living in a world of hope, right? I don't like living in a world of hope. Yeah, well. I like, I like living in a world of get it done. It's done deal. Nick, I just need you to accept my takes because I was really positive this episode for the first time in a long time, okay? Very positive about this group. Latavius <laughs> Murray should be team captain, oh. <laughs> um, maybe even head coach of the Broncos next year. All in on Latavius Murray, but uh, – Good episode, Nick. Um, we got to get out of here, though. We have two more episodes this week. Lots to get into. Uh, some good stuff to get into, right? Uh, so finally, some positive stuff that we can talk about with this football team. Uh, and again, three games left, man. It, the season's starting to, to really fly by here at the end of the year. Um, shout out to everybody for listening. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast. Um, spend some time with your family this week. Um, you know, maybe listen to us while you're driving to your, you know, your parents' house or wherever. For Christmas and the holidays, but uh, we will be back again later this week to start breaking down uh, the Broncos and the Rams on Christmas Day. 